0: Here we are for a special Wrestling Shed Live Extra, actually. It's going to be our AEW Double or Nothing review show. So we're very excited about this. Last night, there was a big show on AEW, and uh, we're going to go over it. So I'm Chad Everard, your host, as always. And uh, we got Corey Weir back in the house, up in the top corner. And we have two brand new panelists here today. Two uh, to surprise entrants into this Casino Battle Royale, if you will. uh, Mr. Mike Burry up in the top corner. Mike B, the Game Genie, of course. And Matt Madola, our number one AEW fan in the wrestling shed. So It's aficionado, folks.
1: remember. should
0: be interesting. Can't wait to dig into it. Uh, Overall, guys, uh, do you want to start on your thoughts on the whole show, or do you want to go down through match by match? We can start it right at the top if you want.
2: I think they probably worked best.
0: Yeah. So, basically, it was the buy-in uh, pre-show. Got underway at 9 o'clock, our time here in Newfoundland. Uh, it was Riho versus Serena Deeb in a NWA Women's Championship match. Guys, for me personally, I thought this match was excellent. Uh, it was probably the best women's match. It might be controversial to say that, of the nice... But it lacked a little bit of something until it got going for me personally. But uh, the end where she banged the shit out of her leg and got the submission, got the win, Serena retained. Overall, good match. Uh, Mike, let's start it out with you, buddy. You're uh, brand new out of the box here. I know you're an AEW fan. Let's, uh, Let's hear what you guys say.
3: I didn't get to see the match, Chad. I'm the worst. <laughs> it was, I didn't get to watch the buy-in. I never uh, started watching the pay-per-view until afterwards. But from what I hear, it was a heel turn for Serena Deeb. Uh, I think that's good. Uh, she's been very, very good ever since she started with AEW. Earned her contract really quickly. She's had great matches. I don't really understand the whole NWA thing of her winning the belt and then showcasing it on AEW. I still don't get what that does for NWA, but... Uh, it's here and we're doing it, I guess.
2: Corey, what were your thoughts on it, man?
3: Uh, really strong match.
2: Um, I'm not really the biggest Riho fan in the world. Uh, I do find that the action was really good. Serena Deeb is, you know, a credit to women's wrestling. Uh, and you know, she pulls off a lot of different moves. You know, she's really strong, really believable in her selling. Riho, I find is really weak looking. I find it difficult to buy anything that she's throwing out there. And she spends so much time readjusting her ring gear when she's supposed to be like in pain or anything like that. It's really difficult to watch. Uh, But Serena D being on as the NWA women's champion is great. Have to kind of mirror uh, what I said that, you know, having the NWA women's champion on AEW doesn't serve a purpose because, you know, they do have their TV back or, you know, their own show. And unless they're going to bring out Nick Aldis to start doing the NWA men's title as well, I don't see the point of only putting the women's title out. Uh, I've wanted Nick Aldis to be in AEW for a long time. I'd like to see it. But overall, the match was really good. I kind of agree with you. It was probably the better women's match of the night. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. When they had the NWA uh people not people but thunder rosa and serena in there it was kind of at a point when they didn't exactly have a lot of their women developed and kind of moving into a position where they could be seen as viable threats but now they're after building up quite a few of their women so matt what do you think about the match man did you enjoy it did you give it a thumbs up or thumbs
1: down uh thumbs up overall yeah um i was glad i got points off deep uh but like they, you guys said it was like Riho's really small. Uh, feels like she's the female equivalent of being a um, Marco Stunt, where she gets a few hot moves in, but really, obviously, like one good punch and she's out. Um, Eve is really good. I feel like she's doing a lot for the division, um, and I only can see that like putting the title out on AEW is gonna grab the bigger attention of AEW to try and draw them to NWA. Other than that, I really also don't see the point in doing the title. I found that match and maybe the stampede being a little bit too long um, overall. Other than that, the, the whole pay-per-view was great. Yeah,
0: that match went about 14 minutes overall. Uh, it was a little bit long, but I...
1: I well, I, I think it might have been the same with you. Like It was a little bit dry starting off, right? So, But once it got going, it was a good match.
0: For sure, and the crowd was into it. That's another thing we got to mention, the actual full house or pretty damn full house. They're a daily place. It looked great. What were your guys' thoughts on that? Mike?
3: I guess we're not worried about COVID anymore in the U.S. (laughs) It's over,
2: over, man. Yeah, Yeah, I felt the same way. Uh, Especially seeing the wrestlers out in the crowd and throwing people around and stuff. I was like, yeah, obviously COVID is not a concern. It was never was down there in, in, in Florida. And yeah, all the then When
1: uh, when came and had a beer and cheers, a fan. That's what I'm
2: like. Yeah, huh. <laughs> <When> <laughs> yeah that's it. It. <laughs> um, it was great to see the fans though, and well, having them, uh, you know, react to everything real time in the ring, not relying on piping, you know, pre-produced you know stuff from. Uh, aw or you know when wwe gets their events back live uh makes all the difference in the world really tells you what uh you know fans are actually responding to rather than having a kind of hammer fisted, to uh, yeah. you know into you uh who you should like and who you should like yeah. I, I
3: can't i can't wait till wwe has live audiences again so they can still pipe the noise in and we still don't know whether or not people like it
0: <laughs> <laughs> they did that before anyway i know so it's what it is uh Regardless, you could definitely see the uh, influence in the fan reaction from the first match on the actual official card when Hangman Page came out. That pop that guy got was massive. So the next match was Hangman Page versus Brian Cage. Uh, Hangman got the win in that one after about 12 minutes. It was good. It was a good match. But uh, overall, I don't know. It kind of lacked a little bit of something. What, What were your thoughts on that one, Matt?
1: Hey. I love Brian Cage. Go ahead. Where did he go? <laughs> <laughs> he,
3: he's, he's got a cat emergency.
1: Yeah,
3: he skipped out. That's okay. You go with your Keep opinion. going, yes. brother.
1: I love Brian Cage. Um, I think Brian Cage has right, a lot of potential, and he's definitely got a lot more potential being in a singles division rather than being with Team Taz because I despise – Team Taz. It's such a useless like setup. It's gross. And it's just like I'm d- I'm glad that it's gonna be done. I wish that they finished the breakup on the pay-per-view rather than have to deal with it on Wednesday. But uh I found the match great overall. Both of them had some good moves, good hits. Uh the the fulling when he pulls in the full on uh the, the shotgun lariat, it was like that was but pop- That was like the whole crowd popped, and you're like, oh yeah, that's that's the audience pop. I missed. I missed that so much. Yeah. <laughs> when
0: uh, Cage pulled off the uh, buckshot lariat, I thought he was going to pull an ACL or something. Man, he <laughs> <You> went full <laughs> the on. Yeah. Us, I was like, Jesus, man, you're big.
3: <laughs> but, yeah, I, I used okay. to say it all the time, like in when. I was in wrestling years ago here in Newfoundland. We'd have these big guys, and they'd want to do karate and do this aerial stuff, and I'd be like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> like, it Bryce? just doesn't fit you at all. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So, like, Brian Cage is so good, and he can do so many things. But, like, sometimes y- y- you don't want to see a guy do that, not because he can't, just because it might look a little awkward. So,
0: Bryce? Yeah. Overall, what were your thoughts on the Page cage match there, Corey?
2: I keep getting mixed up in how many people's name rhyme with Page and Cage in AEW. Um, the match was great, uh, you know, not overly great, I should say. It served its purpose, uh, which I felt was kind of twofold: to get Adam Page out there to pop the crowd because you know, big crowd reaction, first time back, and to start, you know, Cage breaking away from Team Taz and you know, standing on his own, which was effectively done. Can't tell you how much I love Ricky Starks in the ring at the end. And Cage kind of made a threatening motion towards him. and He pointed at his neck. He was like, oh, my God, don't hit me. You're going to break my neck. I thought that was hilarious. That made the entire thing for me, to be honest. But, yeah, no, a good match overall. Uh, Cage, I've loved Cage since, you know, seeing him back in Lucha Underground. Um, you know, he's done nothing but perform and consistently get develop, uh, get better over the years. Uh, I don't like, as you said, him trying to do off, like, high-flying things anymore. You know, 10 years ago when he was, you know, a newcomer, and it, was, it was new and, you know, he was big and strong and he could do athletic and, you know, acrobatic things. It was impressive. Yeah. But, I mean, after 10, 12 years of him doing it, you know, try and focus on your strengths rather than try and be everything at once.
1: I'll put one point on that is he was the masked character who played as, like, um... Thanos in the Marvel match in AAA like not too long ago. So go look that match up. He yeah. is unbelievable, and he flies around like you're talking about. But because he's not Cage, you're not seeing that issue. You're seeing a superhero doing all these superhero stunts. You're like, that guy is cool. Well, <laughs> I, <be> more <laughs> I didn't even know Cage until after the match.
0: Yeah, but i would be more impressed to see that guy do a power slam or a full Nelson or something. Well, That's it. Master, being
1: he's his character, the flips and stuff are a little bit out of gimmick. But when he's doing it in a mask, it, it actually looks the gimmick because he's not supposed to be yeah. that so guy. So
3: I've seen him do a lot of cool shit. But the coolest thing I ever saw him do was he wrestled Matt Sidel And he caught Matt Siddell like off the top rope into the drill. What's his finishing move called? The drill. The claw. Crush, drill the claw. claw. Like he actually caught him into that suplex position mid-air and then yeah. hit the drill claw. That's the kind of stuff he can do. That's what he should focus on.
2: Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, Moving
0: on to the AEW tag team match. Match that I was kind of interested in. I wasn't expecting a lot because, to be quite honest, I'm a little critical, overly critical, maybe some people might say, of the Bucks lately. Uh, They're not delivering like they did back in New Japan days. They're almost like Kenny Omega to me since AEW started. The match quality has changed and i don't know moxley and uh kingston i wasn't really expecting to win the titles renee young moxley's wife is going to be uh due Her pregnancy is going to be uh coming to a halt soon so i didn't expect him to be win the titles i think he's gonna be gone for a week or two but uh this match was shit man i didn't like it uh matt what did you think about it buddy
1: i also agree i don't really like the box lately like it's not because of the heel turn but i think it's just like they're just shooting in their matches they used to have a good few spots yeah they're spot monkeys but at least they had a good few spots and sold now it's literally like you can call the three things they're gonna do as soon as you see the queue and you're like huh okay same thing again same thing again same thing again they're not selling anything like and you're like this is just boring and drab." the moxley and Eddie had got a huge pop when they came out. That yeah. was great. Um, they're surprisingly well together, like, running through the tags divisions. I loved the little shout-out that they did when they did a little uh, tribute and they did the whole shot to the shield, and then it ended. That was a great little shout-out. But other than that, yeah, the match was just dry and drab. I'm tired of young Bucks.
0: Yeah, but Bucks, yeah. was it not when they did the uh, power bomb kind of spots?
1: Yeah, they were going for the power bomb. They made fun of the shield, and then Eddie popped up for the finish.
0: Yeah,
1: and they stuff-
0: the shield fists and stuff too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did the whole shield momentum, just not mock it. It was it, that was a great little.
3: See, I, I I don't really love that stuff. Like, it's no, supposed to be it's supposed to be cool and breaking the fourth wall, but it's at this point where it's kind of hackneyed and not cool. <laughs> so, and maybe their heels. That's what they're going for. I don't know uh i i think i think i agree with you in a lot of sense like we've seen kenny omega and we've seen the new uh, young bucks wrestle in new japan wrestling on like they're all out pay-per-views but i think since this tv show has started uh obviously some of this is cody's influence and cody's experience uh working televised products uh and you guys are gonna hang me on this one Because I think this is one of the areas where they are trying to adopt a lot of what WWE style is for television, televised matches. And they're really trying to control how the matches work, and they do make them more boring. So I I do think that's the case here. Their style has changed because they're trying to make a Western televised product, and their style is not developed for the West.
1: One thing they need to focus on is fixing the cameras. Like you can see it, like there was a shot last night i can't exactly remember which move it was but it was a move that was a like a power bomb that would look amazing when it was done and then they did a replay shot from the other side and you can see that he was like two feet away from actually taking the power bomb so they went back and did the replay from the original shot it's like somebody just needs to watch that shit so it doesn't go live right like if somebody can watch five feeds at once and make sure feed two never goes live that's all they need they need to make sure that those cuts don't get out there because that's what made Jericho falling off the cage look hideous. If he had fallen and they cut away and then come back to him already there, would have been great. But no, see? they fell and you see the styrofoam bouncing everywhere, and it was so, like that.
3: So you're saying Kevin Dunn is the most important man in wrestling?
0: <laughs> the most underappreciated man in wrestling. Okay. But nevertheless, <laughs> I don't know. I go on forever about aew and their technical woes but i mean that's just being i don't know whatever but uh, back to the match i mean the match itself its structure i was talking to you Corey, during the actual pay-per-view and the blatant disregard for rules and all this structure of being in a tag match thrown out the window when the bucks are in the, in the ring what, you, what were you going to say about
2: this that's kind of exactly my point about this match. Um, I really wanted this match to be structured a different way. I wanted it to be more Moxley and Kingston pulling the crap out of the Bucks for the majority of the match, and then having the Bucks cheat as they are heels to win. You know, yeah. I mean, that would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, but instead, they have the Bucks in there, you know, four minutes at a time, beating the crap out of Kingston or Moxley at different times. The ref never gets rid of them, but at the same time, you have the announcers pointing out to the fans at home that they're breaking the rules, but the ref isn't doing anything about it. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen uh another team that encapsulates you know the young bucks' motto of killing the business as much as they are themselves, they are ruining tag team wrestling. Uh, you know, they come out there, they a bunch of spot monkeys, and you know, they have their, their little you know. Uh, runs where they do all their moves and a little, you know, cute pokes to the audience saying, "Look how cool we are!" But they make the you know wrestling, tag team wrestling look like absolute crap. Oh, let's just stay in here and get all our moves in. Ref won't ever kick us out but if the other team does it. Oh, yeah, then the ref is following all the rules. I think it's the stupidest well, um,
3: well, Well, <laughs> hold on here, Matt. Let me jump in here. If you'll go back to 1997 and you watch all of Steve Austin's WWF title defenses that were never notice qualification matches that then spent 45 minutes out in the audience during the match with chair shots and all kinds of other stuff, A lot of times people break rules. The problem is, like, back then, I guess in 97, we we didn't care. It was Austin. You expect a certain thing from Austin. And maybe that's what the young bucks are going across. But to your point, a way you can get around that is a simple booking thing. You know what the bucks are going to do. You know the bucks are going to go in there, be in the ring most of the time, two-on-one, book it as a Texas Tornado tag match. That way you don't have to worry about the rules. You're not hurting the business. You're not doing any of that stuff. Simple thing there's things I liked about what they did because I I've said this a hundred times and I hate that they do this in WWE WWF all the time, but you'll get two singles wrestlers in there against a dedicated tag team. And the two single wrestlers, just beat the shit out of the dedicated tag team. Never should happen. There should be an advantage, 100%. If you're a dedicated tag team wrestler, you should have an advantage over every two singles wrestlers. It doesn't even matter if they're the world champion. You should still be better as a tag team than two single wrestlers together. So I like that in that match last night, the Young Bucks versus Kingston and Moxley, even though they're friends, uh, as much as I hated them getting a clean win over Moxley, because that never happens. How many times has Moxley lost in AEW? So it really took away from that, but at the same time, it still showed that they, being the tag team and the brother tag team, were more impactful than two singles wrestlers, so I like that side. I do understand completely what you're saying. I mean, Jesus Christ, there's no tag rope, there's no five counts, like, it just didn't make any sense. Maybe it should have been booked differently.
2: Yeah, and then, like I gotta say you know, if they're going to do it, I mean, if they're going to have their matches end up that way, then you have to either go all in on it and let them do it, but don't have the announcers drawing attention to the fact that they're breaking the rules. Yeah. Or have the referee actually enforce the rules and not have them do. It. It's either one of the two. Don't have it in between. And that's right. my biggest point with the Bucks. They just you know, it's all about getting themselves over and making themselves look good. Screw if it's, you know, not unilateral. That's just the way they operate.
1: <laughs> this is more of a in thing than anything, but um, if I'm correct, it wasn't Mike Knox, also the ref. So it's like their their buddy buddy guy who's a referee, I the referee. So it's like they either. always have their buddy refing for them, and it's just like anybody who starts watching it and sees him being the elite, you're like, wait, okay, I'm clicking in that they're always friends with him. He's usually filming them.
3: Oh, uh, I see. I see what you're saying. You so know. you think this is long term booking where they've got a. Um, Oh, what was, his, what was he called in WCW? Remember uh, NWO had their own ref? Oh, Nick Patrick. Nick, Nick Patrick. So you're saying this is like a Nick Patrick deal where this is the special ref. That's why they yeah, get away with, with
1: it. Every okay. single time he's been refing. He even picked yep. up the Dwyer shoe last night and threw it out on them and then went down for a count.
2: But the majority of people watching the per you don't watch being <laughs> the elite. So they don't have any idea how that's
0: happening. It. It's,
1: a, it's more of an in thing for people who do watch those things and be yeah. like, you can me Wait a second. There's
0: 10,000 people that would want that instead of going for the fucking million people you should be going for. That's exactly. what I don't get. That's what I don't
3: like. Yeah. It's all oh, for so- this,
0: not for that.
3: So yeah. so we we can't drop F bombs on this. I've been trying to be good. <laughs> you can't but <laughs> fuck it, do it.
0: When it's when it's
3: called for, it's normal. It, it, we've only like, well we've dropped 2 now so we've lost our PG-13 rating. But we'll try. Just talk. like EW,
1: you're allowed to and nice.
3: Yeah. Bitch. The algorithm is going to get gonna us. Say bitch. <laughs> yes, bitch.
0: Uh, Casino Battle Royale They seem to have a fucking Battle Royale There we go, number four, three Uh, They seem to have a Battle Royale Every uh, pay-per-view This one was no different It was what it was I had no real high expectations Going into it Um, Pretty sure the majority of us thought Christian was going to win We all picked Christian Uh, There was a little bit of scuttlebutt over the Joker position And who that could be and uh, turned out to be Leo Rush. A little bit of a surprise there. Uh nevertheless, Jungle Boy went on, won the casino battle royale. Uh thoughts on this one, guys, Burr, You want to start it out with?
3: Yeah, Jungle Boy winning. Big thumbs up. Jungle yeah. Boy is such a good story for AEW. Uh, like I know people hate Marco, like that's been a really down on uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, but whatever, man. He's, he's more like a mascot than anything else. Jungle Boy himself, excellent story. He's been a hard worker in the ring. He's had some good matches. This is an opportunity for him to get a shine against Kenny Omega in a world title match. He's not going to win. We all know that. But it should be a good match, and this is a good opportunity for him. Putting Christian in that opportunity, it was too soon. Christian's got to do a lot more before yeah. he goes for the belt. If Christian was in an w- AEW title match already, we're in TNA, because that's what TNA was. Like As soon as the guy showed up, he won the TNA title. And it shows that AEW are learning from the mistakes of the past and the other people that have tried to go head-to-head against the Fed. So uh, it seems like it's going to be a slow build for Christian, and that's the right way to go with it. In terms of Leo Rush, I- I'm going to admit uh, – in my later years, I've become more of a fair weather, fair weather wrestling fan, so I'm not that familiar with Leo Rush outside of his run in WWF or WWE, and I wasn't that impressed. So when he came out last night, I was a little disappointed. Also, whenever anybody says, going to be a surprise, I never think it's going to be someone realistic. I'm always like, oh, my God, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Batiste, yeah. something stupid, right? And then it comes out, and it's a cool thing, and I'm always disappointed, and I'm like, uh, could have been better. So, like, the minute someone says there's going to be a surprise, I should just tell myself, you're going to be disappointed, Mike. But there it is. Uh, Other than that, I don't like this casino battle royal match. Like, this is so unnecessary. And last night was the first time I ever saw one. And, like, the rules, it shouldn't confuse me. And even the commentators, where they're talking about, and they were like, and this is the way the rules work. And now you know at home. It shouldn't be that hard. Like, the Royal Rumble's not that confusing. It's not like, hey, we got seven cards coming out. Who could come out? You're like, someone comes out every two minutes. It's simple. Do simple things. Keep it simple, stupid. Kiss.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's one thing that really bothered me about that. It was like, we got these four suits, and we're going to have them come out at the same time. But then it's like, the Varsity Blondes come out as duos. And then it's like one other person, another person, another person, and the next suit, one person, two, two. You're like, this is not the same time. No. The better way would be if to do this would be elimination chamber style, where they let a suit out at each time, right? Like you're all in one corner and then you're let loose. So, way uh, you're already there, waiting. There's no entrances. So, I I, kind of,
0: it's just a contrived idea. Have a battle royal.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: I, I, I do kind of blame this on Dusty because his two kids are there, and dusty, dusty was amazing, but also, man, he came up with some shit back in his day, and his kids are like, you know what Dad would think is great? <laughs> this Casino <laughs> Battle Royal idea, and no one's there to tell him, Dusty, this is terrible. <laughs> right? I don't
2: know,
0: man. Corey,
3: think, what the was, the what casino, you think the Casino him? Battle
2: Royal is really just AEW well, we can't have Royal Rumble, so let's just dump a bunch of people in five at a time. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just throw them all in.
3: But Um, who owned the roster? You can't have a Royal Rumble. You You just don't call
2: it that. I'll tell you what was the worst thing about it was the logos they put up for the suits of cards confused the announcers. When they had the first one come up and it was the club, they were talking amongst themselves on TV, saying, I think that's the clubs. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So that was that was the stupidest thing ever. The match itself was fine. You know, it was a serviceable battle royal. It had you know, a few of its moments. I personally was thrilled that Leo Rush uh, was the uh, the Joker. Uh, as everybody knows, I'm a big MLW fan. And uh, Leo Rush, I didn't realize he was leaving the company. Uh, he just finished up over there in a great feud against Myron Reed for the uh, middleweight championship over there. Uh, but I didn't think that he was actually leaving, so it was good to see him show up here. I think he could have a really good run. Uh, AEW, if they you know give him the time and uh, you know invest him in a few matches.
1: Um, So he's actually signed for NJP and not for AEW. He's technically the fifth NJP signing for AEW. Yeah, good enough again. (laughs) Um, Jungle Boy winning uh, is
2: the key here. Uh, Couldn't be happier. Uh, Jungle Boy was one of the first signings for AEW, Uh, you know, independent signings uh, when they first opened almost two years ago, or whatever it is, close to two years ago. Um, And this just speaks highly of what they think of him. Uh, He's definitely destined for greatness in AEW. He's really young, Uh, you know, he's shown the caliber of wrestler that he is. His match against Dax Harwood was incredible, and the one against Darby Allin was just good. Um, I see big things for him. If Kenny Omega, if his match against Kenny Omega wasn't only in two weeks' time from now, I could actually see them putting the belt on Jungle Boy uh, if it had been further down the road. At this stage, though, it's not going to be. uh, But he will have a great match against him and look like a million dollars. And uh, they should invest in him and keep him locked up under contract for years to come.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like you said, uh, I believe it was you said it last chat. So it was like the fact that... um, once they go on the road and go touring again, it doesn't make sense that Kenny will be able to keep all the belts. It's, unless he's a 24-7 clone, he's not going to be able to keep all the belts. So yeah. there's a time very soon that he's going to have to start dropping them. Oh, definitely. Okay. That's and that, that like, If it had been like two months' time and not two weeks' time, I could also see it being Jungle Boy taking it.
2: Yep. Just based on the reaction
3: last night alone, it was incredible. So, so I'm going to go off the rails a little bit here, uh, since we already started talking about it what the hell is the end game with Kenny Omega and the belt Collector storyline? Where's this going? Because like at first it was right around the time Kota Ibushi won the uh, new Japan pro wrestling championship. And I was like, Oh, there they're going. They're going to do the golden lovers angle as the belt collectors. But is he going to face Nick Aldis or are we at the end of the road? Is this all the belts he's going to get? I don't, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't get it
1: right now. He's at the same amount of belts as what uh, Ultimo dragon had when he was the belt collector.
3: Uh, Dragon seemed to have eleven.
2: Yeah, Yeah, he had like
1: eleven battles.
3: Yeah, one time.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that this is the start of the end uh, for Kenny Omega. His character has evolved into this really, you know, paranoid, feeding off of Don Callis's, you know, building him up and stuff. I think he's going to be ahead for one of these like breakdowns where he like dissolves again and then he has to reinvent himself, kind of like a Chris Jericho kind of scenario where he keeps having to reinvent himself. I do think he's probably going to lose to Andrade at Triple Mania and drop the Mega Championship. Then he'll lose the Impact one to whoever is going to be there, hopefully. And then lose to whoever they decide to crown on AEW. Uh, I'm not sure who that will be, though, at this point anymore.
3: <laughs> oh, he's going to lose to either Page or Cody Rhodes. Like, I think it's going to be Paige.
2: I would think Paige, just to end off, you know, the fact that, you know, it's going to build up and he was in the first title match and stuff. I I do think it will be him. Yeah, that's what
0: it all got to lead to. Got to lead to Page winning at Full Gear, in my opinion, in November.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, I forgot about Full Gear being announced last yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. November 9th or sixth, seventh? I don't know. Can't remember. Yeah. Matt, do you remember?
3: Six. No, that is.
0: Six. A but moving on, guys. Let's speed it up a little bit. Uh, the less we talk about this next one, probably the better, in my opinion. Uh, Cody Rhodes, Anthony Go Go. Who wants to go go? We have a problem.
1: best part of that whole match was the uh, Olympic slam, throwaway slam. Other than that, it was garbage. Yeah.
0: Thumbs down
2: for me, man. Corey, what do you think about this one? Uh, It had the opportunity for Gogo to go over the big way and kind of, you know, put him over as a credible threat. He pulled off a lot in the match last night that I didn't know he was capable of, uh, which was great to see. But having Cody go over right now really took all the momentum out of Gogo. So I don't know what else they're going to do with him now. Mike? Mike?
1: Yeah.
3: So, Cody Rhodes, uh, when he first came out for the first AEW pay per view, smashed the throne of Triple H and made this big statement and has become the golden shovel of AEW, funny enough. Because all he does is these stupid angles that don't do anybody else any favors and make everybody else look stupid. And the whole thing now with the factory, QT Marshall, and all these guys, they'll look like chumps. Like, this has done them no favors. Everything he does does everybody no favors. I mean, he drops the title to uh, Brody Lee, makes Brody look, Lee look like a million bucks, comes back two weeks later, wins it back, and makes Brody look, look stupid. And then what were they going to do with Brody Lee? He, then he got sick, sadly, and passed away. But, like, Man. honestly, I mean, Cody Rhodes ruined him before that. Like, it's just.
1: Yeah, I believe this, because, like, look at Nick Camarado. He is a product to be fucking sent off, right? Like, he should be packaged and be like, look at this threat. But, like, QT can't do nothing with him, and QT's busy feuding with Cody, so there's, like, what is this on the go? And Camarado just stood on the side, and it's like, hey, what a waste of muscle.
3: What You think of it, you think of it, QT's heel turn, I mean, it should have done something, but he's already done. The storyline's done. It's over. So what was oh, the I'm
2: point of it? <laughs> it's just <laughs> not with Cody, he's shooting with Dustin.
0: Yeah,
2: I it's, know. Like, it's really yeah, seems like uh, QT great. had something going on with Paul
0: White there, little tease maybe. I don't know.
2: Did anybody else catch QT Marshall having to cut a in the corner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah, yeah, the the camera cut across and a was down and QT was actually doing the blade for it. A go was obviously in over his head. Uh, he should never have been in that match with Cody at this point in his career. No. Uh, and I think they've done irreparable harm yeah. uh, by yeah. having him in there at this point in his career. Yeah, but, it was, you know, uh, that's the way it goes. Was like in, in
3: terms, in terms of wrestling match, Cody carried him very well and made him look good. It's just in terms of character development, he killed him.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Like you might have made him go over and look like he's a productive wrestler, but then you're like, oh look, he actually has some potential. Oh, you won. Never mind.
3: So, like, man, it, it, it wasn't as bad as Regal and Goldberg. Come on.
1: Like like I said, like the up on top, uh getting that follow like getting the punch. That was a good shot. And then there was yeah. a spot where there was the follow-way Olympic slam, and that was so clean. That was like perfect angle moment. You're like, that was good. Other than that, man, I can't even remember the rest of the match. It was just blackluster.
0: Cody won it with the uh vertebraker, which was surprising. It looked all right, it looked like they practiced it all week, which was safe enough. But yeah,
2: you know,
0: yeah, yeah he yeah. was long enough
1: for him to make sure he was gonna take it properly. Yeah, he was yeah. it was like a 12 second stall to sell
2: that. So yeah, yeah. So, uh, into. I thought he was gonna walk out to the parking lot with him. You got a little off that long. <laughs> So
3: uh can fun. we can we talk about Cody's vertebraker Like I I I thought the vertebraker was really cool when I saw it. Like me as someone who did wrestling and Matt and anybody else who's done wrestling. If anybody said, I'm going to finish you with a Birdie Breaker, I'd be like, you're dreaming, buddy. I'm not taking that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I've taken a few, so I don't know. That's nuts. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> the thing about it is, uh, it's cool that they brought it back. Cody does it way too slow. Like, it takes all the effect out of it. It's like, yeah. the reason why Christian's kill switch looks better than some of the other unprettiers or whatever you want to call it done, is how quick and how fluid he does it. That. Vertebraker from Cody, every time I've seen him do it, is awful. And even the landing is it, it doesn't suspend your disbelief. Like Brain Buster, you're never landing on your hip with a Brain Buster. It's always a suplex but it's all about the hook and how you hit it. With Cody's vertebraker you know 100% it's this weird sit-out thing. It's not like when Shane Helms did the vertebraker and you were like, oh my god, he's dead. He's That's dead.
0: It. <laughs> yeah, it's like when Hunter stopped doing pedigree all the way down, he started lifting people and dropping them, you know? Yeah. But anyway, uh, TNT championship match, a match I was kind of looking forward to because honestly, I like two of these guys Miro versus Lance Archer. Um, this one went about nine, ten minutes. It was pretty good. But uh, I was expecting them to go distance and maybe uh, just go for a draw. But Miro ended up with the win, retaining the title. Guys, what'd you think about this one?
1: Mike? I hated that win. That was a wet sandbag win because it just came out of nowhere. It sounded like Aubrey's like, wrap it up, let's go, because it just happened like that. It was just like, Wait, what? That was – that's dumb. Yeah,
3: okay. yeah. RIP R- 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 Dale. Everybody remembers their friend, the referee Dale, but how many times did Dale come up to you and say, all right, Buzz, this is enough, wrap it up. Now he probably yeah. shouldn't <laughs> <up laughs> have. exactly told that. It was a wrap
2: it up moment.
3: Yeah. I don't know. I enjoyed that.
2: the match. <laughs> I liked it up to I mean, I, I even didn't mind yeah. the finish so much because Archer didn't give up. So, you know, that was fine. Yeah. Well he but saw having, it before, yeah,
1: sure. but I mean literally
2: and that spot where he brought the snake out in the bag and then Miro threw it down the aisle. I don't know why they even bothered with that. The snake was not a relevant factor. It was never brought up that you know, that Miro would be afraid of it or anything.
1: Why did like, you do it? Because, it's it's because of Jake and Snake Roberts. It's Jake, it was Jake just Jake funny. Was like, even my, Tony, my buddy Tony was saying it, too. It was well, like, he wouldn't it, it be funny it. if he brought out the snake? And soon enough, he did. And I was just like, how did you well, call made this snake? made it thing? look so yeah. stupid. Like,
3: they threw the bag, and it looked like it. opened yeah, yeah, but Open. it, it is, listen, like, box. Box. Here's, but, here's your anyway. here's, Here's your it's opportunity easy. to say that it's copying WWE. It's the same thing as Earthquake. Doing the Earthquake crush on the snake. It was a good way to distract the opponent, I guess. A lot of people could have been brilliant. Why did nobody ever think of this before?
2: Earthquake was afraid of the snake. Well, that's true. Miro the, was not afraid. Miro was, was not afraid of anything. It was never effective in their feud at all. It was never even brought up. Yeah. And all of a sudden, here comes Jake with the bag. Miro throws the yeah, but, like it a mile. Yeah, was done
3: for comedy. The difference uh, is back in those days, they had like 18 episodes of superstars to fill. So they had to come (laughs) up with storylines like that. We don't have superstars anymore. Yeah,
0: But uh, yeah, guys, I don't know about you, but I love Jake the Snake Roberts. I always have. Very nostalgic. Uh, He's been here a couple of times in Newfoundland. Got an opportunity to meet him. Great guy. Uh, I don't want to see him on TV anymore. He adds nothing to this. Archer did kind of, it was cool to have him at first, but Archer doesn't need a mouthpiece right now. So, Jake, I love you, buddy, but
3: go on. Yeah, so uh, this is something that we could have a whole tangent on. I'll be really quick because I know you're trying to wrap up quickly, but managers are awesome. I wish there was more managers in wrestling managers add such a valuable piece. You look back at the eighties. The reason why was you had all these muscle heads that really had no personality at all, except they were given a gimmick and you know what sold it. You did have capable guys like Bobby, the brain, you had capable guys like slick to some extent, all slick really did was dance around Jive job. And that was enough for us. But you know, you had these talking guys that could get somebody over, but most of these guys, that's one knock on AEW. They brought in managers, but then put them in the wrong places. Like When Archer came in, like at first, to him being a heel, Snake could add something. But in the role that Archer's in right now, Snake doesn't add anything. Uh, Snake should be maybe with the Derek Order or maybe with some kind of heel faction. Hell, throw him with Chaos Project and have him come out and say some creepy shit, cryptic shit. And that's better than what he's doing with Archer. He doesn't need to be there. Same with Taz. I mean, why stick Ricky Starks, a guy that's incredible on the mic? Like honestly, like the second skinny, skinny, uh, more whitish rock. <laughs> then yeah. why stick him with Taz? And he doesn't need a manager. He, he, he's more of a personality than Taz ever was. So I, I don't get the manager stuff in AEW. It's not one of my
1: right. big issues with managers in AEW would be the fact of it being. Most of them are like legend status. So they like get Jake over, they get Aaron over, they get Tully over, they get Vicky over. And it's like, just because they're a legend doesn't need to be a manager. None of the good managers back then were legends. So it's not putting two to two together, right? Classy
3: Freddy Blassy disagrees.
1: <laughs> one, okay, one, one thing in a hundred.
3: One <laughs> while
2: we were talking about Jake Vicente Roberts was I see one possible last thing that Jake could contribute. And given his history with Sting back in WCW, he could be the heir in Darby Allin that turns him against Sting to split them apart. Something I thought of, but, you know, we'll see. (laughs) Possibly, but anyway,
0: we'll see what happens. Uh, Next match was the women's championship match, Uh, the match that I was honestly probably most invested in going into this pay-per-view because I like both women and – I thought that uh, this was a good match a really good match honestly probably match with a knife but uh, the women's match on the pre-show was pretty damn good as well but uh, I was too disappointed other than the fact that it seemed like this match took a little bit little while to get going get the wheels going and by the time they actually mashed and gelled it was like okay let's, we gotta end this you know and uh, there was a little bit of uh, outside distraction with uh, ReBA Rebel. That I didn't think was necessary because I don't know it didn't really factor into the finish or anything like that. But uh, a little bit overbooking there. But overall, good match. Brick Baker, new AEW
2: Women's Champ. Uh, Corey, what'd you think about this one overall? But thought it was really good. Um, definitely the right decision uh, to have Brick Baker as the champion now. Um, I thought that you know during the match it had really good action, and but I did have a few spots where it seemed like the ladies got kind of confused and didn't know which transition they were going to do, so it came off a bit sloppy and clunky in, in the middle yeah. pieces. Uh, my fear about the match though is that the reaction that Britt got at the end kind of lends to her almost becoming a face as the champion when her entire character is a heel. And I don't it, know yeah. how effective she'll be in the role as champion if she all of a sudden has to be a face on top of it. That kind See, still okay. <laughs> Brit as a face originally didn't work <laughs> she is a natural heel she comes across as somebody who you just legitimately don't want to like um, having her come out in the crowd all of a sudden loves her and cheer her on and shivani hugging her and this big emotional thing in front of the crowd I think was a mistake um, should have been safe for like a best backstage best. segment or something that they could have done like is a you know, behind the scenes kind of thing later. But, yeah, so, uh, so,
3: so there is a storyline there and this is less of an in thing and it's been going on for a while, but Britt Baker and Tony Schiavone have a special relationship where Tony has some kind of creepy crush on her and he's constantly bringing her coffee or she's bringing him coffee. So I think instead of it being this great moment where he congratulates her as like this fan, this warm moment, it's more of like him being a bit of a dirtbag, getting excited to hug her. That's how I'll sell that.
2: I'm it pretty didn't sure come he crossed like a dog.
3: So.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was just pretty much paying off the bet that he would yeah. give her a hug if she wants. So, but nevertheless, yeah. what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Like, there's no need in that part, in my opinion. No. Like, but still, who can say uh, for off camera?
3: I will. I will say uh, I had connection troubles during this match, so it was hard to get into a flow when you're just watching three dots constantly try to refresh. So uh, I, I I really had a hard time seeing the match. The match was pretty choppy on the stream I was watching. Uh, I noticed a lot of the mistakes. Uh, like uh, I think a lot of times with Rio and Sheeta, there's a bit of a communication issue. Uh, Kenny Omega, from what I understand, is the one that's in charge of booking the women, and I've got some real questions about what he's done so far. I haven't really like the direction of the women's division at all it's been a mess completely the last like two years them moving sheeta for the year brought stability and then coordinating brit baker here was a really good move but um you know there seemed to be some communication issues there was one point where she was going to go for her uh brit baker does a uh fisherman suplex uh, buster and okay. uh well not buster breaker and yeah. she tried to hook it on and they just couldn't do the reversal so they ended up rolling around on the ground like oh yeah, yeah it looked awful so uh that really stuck out to me and i'm one of these people that once i start seeing that and then with the connection issues really brought down the match for me i think if i was watching it with a good stream would have been better and there was also the missed spot where she went for the uh gorilla press and then drop on the buckle and just they just yeah. screwed up. So that Same. kind of stuff stuck out to me. And it's a shame that what should have been a really good match got marred with a couple of those mistakes. But then again, the crowd didn't really uh, react negatively to do it. It's not like, you know, those 90s WWF chants where they were like, you effed up, you effed up. So no big deal. No harm, no foul, I
1: guess. It seems as like that issue with the Gorilla Press is like they went to go do a maneuver in one corner and then did a bit and then went to go another corner. And when they went to go up for the Gorilla Press, it looked like Sheeta got prepped for the other move. It was like almost forgot that they did it and was going back to the old set because she jumped up and she was not supposed to jump up and just like awkwardly fell here. And just like fell down and was like, no, you're not supposed to get up yet. I was supposed to pick you up. Let's try that again. I,
3: I don't I don't mean to sound racist but I do think there is some language barrier issues I think Asuka suffered from it a lot in WWE as well
1: yeah. actually uh, as awkward as it is for language issues, one of the greatest matches I've seen have been the matches between Japanese and Spanish people who are not English There's somehow two people who can't speak English and don't speak the same whoa, language whoa. Better, matches.
3: better put a lid on the whole Japanese Spanish relation thing right now with AEW <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Moving on, guys. Uh, Next match was the tag match with Darby Allen and the icon Sting facing the duo of Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Uh, Sting's first big match out in front of a crowd since that infamous night at WWE United Champions 2015. Uh, Sting had his work boots on, guys. Uh, I was pretty impressed, but... With that being said, my expectations were kind of tempered anyway. Uh, this match was about a two-star out of five for me. Uh, Sting and Derby ended up getting the win. Who wants to start it out? How about you, uh, Mr. Mike Burry?
3: Yeah, so um, I, I did not have high expectations for this match, and that's usually the ones I enjoy the most. I didn't think much of it. I thought, and I I try to stop doing this, but from a booking perspective, how do you book this match? It's so hard. You've got this new tandem of Sky and Paige, and Paige is brand new to the company. So you don't want them to lose. But then again, you've got Sting making his in ring, like real in ring debut. So you don't want him to take the loss. I mean, like, it just seemed like it was too quick. This angle came about, and like one person was going to get tarnished. But, anyways, stop thinking like that, Mike, and just enjoy it for what it was. Overall, the match was fun. Chad, you said it best. Sting didn't embarrass himself, and that's all you could really ask for at this point. I mean, sixty-two years old—like I wouldn't say he looked a day over ninety-three, but you know, he looked great <laughs> compared to what he looked like last time in WWF, and uh, he worked well. And that finish was really cool. I love the finish into the Scorpion Death Drop. I popped for that big time. Imagine so uh,
1: like, one thing I was. Friday night when they had Ethan Page and Scorpio uh, face Uno and Stu Grayson. Or, yeah, it was. So it was two big, big guys and them. And they got the win against them. And that's a big win for them to go into the tag and go into the pay-per-view. So you're looking hot. And, yeah, they they get stomped by Sting. But I think that's why they put that win there. So it still looks like they beat one of the top contenders. But you still can't beat Sting. But uh, when Sting took that bump outside, I was like, oh, he's just got that padded jacket on. And then he took the shirt off and he just had the singlet on. Oh man, I jumped up and marked out. That was it. I was like, oh wow, he took that bump bareback. That was good. <laughs> yeah. that was Corey, actually, what did you think? I, you? I, 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 didn't go, I went in with no low potentials, but I had a, a lot of a lot of pop pull over Sting being 62 years old and taking some pretty gnarly bumps. Yeah. I think
2: yeah. Sting, there was no way that he was supposed to look that good and, <laughs> and he ever delivered. Uh, yeah. I really went into this match expecting Derby and Sting to win. Uh, I'm not a fan of Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Uh, Scorpio Sky has been given a lot of opportunities where he's supposed to be pushed as a big single star and he keeps winding up in these weird tag teams and now he's there again. I really don't see him breaking out of that mold. Uh, So I didn't think that Sting was going to lose his first, you know, in-ring real match, aside from his cinematography matches. Um, It was cool to see Sting kind of recreate the whole Undertaker-AJ meme when he stood up behind Scorpio Sky in the beginning. And Scorpio got afraid and turned around. I thought that was really cool. Uh, But, yeah, the ending was really good, where, you know, Scorpio went for his finishing move and Sting countered into the Scorpion Death Drop. I thought that was great. Uh, I still can't believe that that man is 62 years old and he makes me look like really I'm about a 1,000. <laughs> great great match. Uh, I'd say I'd probably give it, you know, three and a half out of five.
0: Uh, as this match ended, and I was thinking, like, okay, what are they doing with Derby? What are they doing with Sting? Uh, something popped in my head, and I just want to know you to get your guys' opinion on this. What do you think about Derby and Sting versus the Bucks for the tag titles? Who would be up for that? No. 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 <laughs> really. as, as
1: cool as it would be, it's just in, in in like, it doesn't make sense to put a tag belt on a 62-year-old man because Miro will come in and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> right? Like, Miro could literally grab anybody and be like, you're my tag partner. We're going to go in.
2: <laughs> Miro, Stroman. Uh, I like the idea of Sting and them beating up the Bucks. <laughs> But I know that it would eventually just devolve into the Bucks beating up Derby at some point.
1: I, me and me and Mike were talking about this a minute ago before we went live about the Dark Order had um, Brody Lee and you had that push and they had a direction and now they're kind of like doing this because they don't have a leader again. Their wins, their losses, their jobbers, they're not jobbers. They're what the hell are they going to do? They're all the wrestlers. Sting is a perfect candidate to be the new leader for them, right? Like he doesn't even need to wrestle; he could just be the new de facto weirdo. I guess. Right? There's Ah. a possibility for him to be there, and then with you know them helping out lots lately and like always backing Sting and Darby up, so.
3: So, I, I'll bring up the fact. I'll bring up the fact. We talked about this about like, the potential heel turn. I mean, how do you turn one of those guys' heels? No one's going to accept Sting as a heel. It never worked. It never will. Darby's not going to turn heel. I mean, Darby weighs 125 pounds. Like, that is not the kind of person you put heel. So, what's the payoff there from this tag team that they have?
2: Right. I ah. think ultimately they have to go with Darby as the heel. Uh, he'll be one of those, like, the ones that, you know, connives and, Weasels his way because he's so small. Yeah, but I, you know, Sting is never going to be the heel. It just doesn't work.
3: Oh, uh, so you, you guys will appreciate this too. And I'm sorry, I forgot to mention this during the TNT title match. So, um, you, you guys are really critical of AEW uh, not uh, doing anything different. They're one of the one companies that uh, I really like because they bring up the whole TV time limit that gives it a feel the old WCW feel. But has anything ever gone to a time limit draw? Have you ever seen one time limit draw yet? Especially with the TNT title, I've never seen a single time limit draw. I mean, that was that was a yeah. hook with that belt. There was a time did limit draw. One,
1: yeah. one of Cody's matches for the TNT. Yeah,
2: title.
1: I was gonna say it was one of Cody's matches went to a time limit. It was a thirty minute time match.
3: Okay. I
0: remember Cody was and Jungle was? Hmm? Was it Cody and Jungle Boy?
3: Orange Cassidy, I think. No, it might be. Oh. Uh, it could be Orange Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was yeah. Yeah. now back on Cody
0: face went to the end of the show. Right. Okay. Yeah. But.
3: But if you if you're gonna really try to sell the fact that you have time limits, sometimes you got to do the Broadway to let people know these time limits are real. That's that's all right. I wanted to say.
0: Yeah, for sure. I could see that. Give it a little bit more legitimacy, and you know, something to work towards. Um, yeah. Three-way t- our title matches up next. Uh, we got about uh, seven, eight minutes maybe left. Matches, so I don't mean to speed you guys up, but uh, quick thoughts on Kenny Omega, Pac, and Orange Cassidy. Uh, I hated this match, I wanted to end immediately. <laughs> I was not invested. I do not like Orange Cassidy, he was like a sore thumb in this match for me, and I gave this probably two stars to be quite frank overall. Kenny Omega retains, uh, thoughts, guys.
2: Did a good job of getting their spots in. There was really never any question that Omega was not going to retain. Um, then they, you know, they had to have some overbooked stuff in there with the Good Brothers and whatever. But, you know, I, I took it for what it was. It was just a break between, you know, the Sting match and the end match. So <laughs> I didn't. It, I, it, was, it was a waste of an AEW
1: title. Really. It's yeah. tough that it was a title match, but it did feel like a filler match for yeah. sure. I, I, love I said
0: it in comments on our discussion. It was like Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle versus Sharkboy. back in
3: Shark Boy,
2: yeah. It
0: made no sense. It <laughs> made no sense. I was like, why? And every time you get a Hope Spot, then doing the frigging orange punch or whatever it's called. Man, he's skinny as fuck. He looks like 140 pounds. Like, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't like Orange Cassidy. I'm sorry. Just can't get past it. Mike, what'd you think, buddy?
3: I like the match. I like triple threats. I didn't like the finish. I don't like Kenny Omega's whole heel run as the champion. I think it's the shits completely gone the wrong way. Uh, Everything involving them, the Young Bucks, everything just irritates me. Kenny's whole persona during this thing irritates me. But match-wise, I was fine with it. I don't really mind Orange Cassidy. I know people were saying, oh, well, he got up from a, uh, a Snapdragon and he only weighs 125 pounds, made everything look like shit. But at the same time, I mean, I was also one of the guys who watched Mike Awesome Masada Tanaka back in the day and watched him get powerbombed over the top rope through a table and still kick out. I was fine with that, so I don't really have much of a problem with that. Uh, the action was good. Uh, finish was stupid, and uh, it was okay. I, I like triple threats, so it's hard to make me disappointed with a triple threat, especially when there's no mistakes and everything happens the way it should.
0: Yeah. Matt, what were your overall thoughts on the uh, main
1: of, or not main event, but the world title match here? Um, uh, I liked all three people wrestling. I also agree with him. I don't like having Omega as a heel; it's just counterproductive for him. Um, knew for a fact that uh, Orange Cassidy wasn't going to get it. Maybe a chance that Pat could have had it, and you know, traded it for like a week or two. But other than that, I didn't see anything much of it uh you made uh look hot you made a big powerhouse flipper look hot and you made oc look hot they all had their quick moments it was quick and over there was nothing really special about it
0: man i don't know i'm going to be honest if they actually pulled the trigger and put the title on orange cat uh, i don't think i'd be uh, the only one but the internet would probably implode Mr. Cassidy <laughs> was the AEW world champion
3: Oh, man.
1: So
3: uh, uh, I'm, I'm right in the middle on this because here's the thing. If they had put the title on Santino Morello back in the day, as much as it's the stupidest thing in the world, I would have been here for it so hard. And I kind of look at it the same way. I know he's a comedy act, and I know uh, he's stupid. He does have some skills. I know he's small. There's something about him. People always say, like, I, I don't like Derby Allen. I think Derby Allen's kind of a garbage wrestler, but, I, you know, I'm in my own opinion there. I think he's too small. He reminds me of Sick Boy from The Flock. Was it Sick Boy? I can't remember. Or maybe Lodi from The Flock. Uh, but anyways, I, I just I don't like... Darby Allen, but someone says there's something there. So with Orange Cassidy, there's just something there. There's something likable about him. I love the best friends like Chuck Taylor and Trent. Like they just they make me happy. Like when he showed up and did the. <laughs> <laughs> Trent showed up there a couple weeks ago That During that stupid arcade mayhem And his mom brought him in in the van And he got the big pop um, coming out of yes. the van Like it's the stupidest stuff in the world But like I'm just like you know what This is what I'm here for I get enough of manufactured WWF stuff over there I just want to see stupid stuff And just have fun And sometimes that's what this is So as much as I get, I get it I just like stupid stuff in wrestling sometimes I would have been okay with Disco Inferno Winning the WCW title Just let me have my fun If Orange Cassidy had
2: won the championship, it would have just ruined the idea of Kenny Omega having those other two titles. Because they'd be like, anybody could beat Kenny Omega now. If Orange Cassidy can beat him, what do I care? Anybody else can beat him. (laughs) Right. But like
0: you said, Mike, you like stupid stuff sometimes and, you know, whatever. But that's what WWE is criticized for every day of the week. And that's what I don't get. People that support or like AEW will criticize WWE for one thing, and then on Wednesday night they'll share the shit out of me. So, uh, th- th- th-
1: it. So there's it, a very it, fine line here. Yeah,
3: yeah, that it's it's not the not same right, thing like,
1: there's a fine yeah, there's, there's a there's, fine line between thumb in the bum suplexes with uh, so with thunder juice so, and thunder liger doing the thumb in the bum suplex as a laugh. And getting the run of a thumb and a bum suplexes because there's like six people with thumb and a bum. That's like a ha ha ha. But when there's zombies outside for a lumberjack match, that's just fucking dumb. Right? Well, all relative. One thing's
0: fucking
3: yeah. It is. It's relative to the person and what you think is funny, right? There's you know what we all think is funny in wrestling and we want to see people do. And then there's what Vince McMahon thinks is funny, which is really strange. And then we end up watching it. So, you guys didn't watch every TV. one of us
1: have marked out to a cock suplex at least once. Uh,
3: no, 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 I, I'm I mean, right with I mean, you, Chad. Listen, you know what? Different people like different things, and you know, different people find different stuff funny. So, like you said, I might not be my cup of tea what WWE did, but a lot of stuff, be, like I love the R Truth stuff, the 24-7 title. I know people hate it, but I'm just like, I'm here for our truth. Like, sometimes he's so stupid, but other times, like, I think it's just the best. I'm fine with it. The 24-7 title was just something stupid and actually made something on Raw enjoyable. Now, when they do the stupid run-ins, I'm not so down with that. The fun backstage stuff, yeah, I'm here for that.
0: Sure. I mean, you can have all serious wrestling. If you watch a three- or two-hour program and it was wrestling match, wrestling match, wrestling match, wrestling match, it would be boring, honestly. It would be pretty redundant, obviously, after a while. So you do need different elements within your show. The thing I'm talking about is the fact that people criticize or have this opinion about one thing, but then celebrate it on the other side like it's completely a different thing when it's the exact same garbage. Wrestling's garbage. I don't care if it's WWE or AEW. I'm not going (laughs) to like it. But if it's good, I'm going to like it. That's my point. Yeah. But moving on to the main event, inner circle, pinnacle, uh stadium stampede guys i wanted to turn the tv off and stomp up and down on us uh this went 31 long minutes had a lot of segments if anyone wants to start it out go ahead because i don't have anything to say about it man
1: cue me in. i lost the count. like i literally watched it was watching it i seen conan be the dj and him interfere to stop a, a disruption and then I woke up at the end of the match when it won. I was like, what the hell? That was like fifteen minutes I lost. So
3: Yeah. Uh there were some there were some fun spots. I like like there were some fun spots like uh, Conan being at the uh, DJ that was really funny that was a good WCW throwback I like when they do stuff like that I don't know what Tully and FTR were wearing in the bar but (laughs) someone put a scene up er, earlier today and it showed a picture of FTR sitting at the bar and the way Tully looked with the little scarf around his neck and then they showed the scene from Simpsons (laughs) where Bart looks at his dad and goes dad why'd you bring me to like the steel mill (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so Tully was wearing matching tights with uh, MJF as rhinestone jeans. Oh, those those jeans on MJF! I don't know where he got those,
3: but those Tully, were Tully had matching pair yeah. on them the whole those time. Were I was dying. Those were priced. Like, rhinestone cowboys. Uh, uh, yeah. So th- there was some there was some fun comedy spots. I didn't watch the first Stadium Stampede. In fact, this is the first actual AEW pay-per-view I've ever watched, uh, just because like, I watch stuff for free on WWE Network. I'm not used to having to pay for stuff or whatever, right? So I don't do that anymore, and I'm a more of a fair-weather wrestling fan now. So this was the first AEW pay-per-view I watched. Um, I, I'm, I'm a hard sell on the cinematic matches. Even I... Uh, went online and said, Oh, I didn't enjoy Undertaker AJ. I know a lot of people did, but I just I, I don't like the cinematic style unless there's some funny stuff. Like I, I want it to be funny when it's cinematic because it's already stupid enough. You can't try to do serious. Like when they did Randy Orton versus the fiend and that stupid fun, I forget what it was called, like the house on uh, House and Burgio, or whatever match it was that they did between Randy Orton and the fiend, it was horrible. It was the worst thing I ever saw. You're gonna do it. You gotta realize this is stupid. That's why like ultimate deletions work because it's stupid. And uh, there was some stupid stuff in this that I enjoyed, but I didn't like how everything was segmented, where they f- fractured yeah, the guys like, off. This
1: this group, of people, yeah. this group of people, this group of yeah. people, this group of people.
3: I I didn't enjoy that. Like I just wanted to see all the guys going. I wanted to see war games again. That's what I expected this to be. It wasn't that. And uh, some stuff was just really boring and I didn't care about. I don't like the backstage brawl stuff anyways. Even though uh, when I was a kid, I owned WCW Backstage Assault. I don't like backstage fights. It's not really my cup of tea. So this was all that. And uh, then it ended in the ring with a very uh, wet fart finish with uh, Sammy Guevara just beating Sean Spears. And realistically, listen, I love both guys. But for that to be the finish, that is not what anybody wanted to see. Everybody wanted to see definitively Jericho beating MJF or MJF beating Jericho, someone that mattered. And we got probably the least important people deciding the finish. So everything about that match was just weird. I liked the opening. I liked the inner circle coming down like of course judas is a wicked song i like them coming down with the ropes the entrance mjf coming out of the limo and then the guys coming in the truck was stupid i don't know i don't get what's going on here it's just it's it's so stupid like they built up this pinnacle thing this has been a long-term storyline and just went nowhere it didn't make any purpose and this match was a really horrible way to finish that
1: storyline I feel like this match was basically a make up to try and make up for the shitty finish of the the blood and guts match because everybody bitched about that online. So Jericho's like, we got to do something better than that to fix that. But other than that, I I don't see why they did it again. I don't see why they spent 20 minutes on the other side of the stadium when they were there when the other people were in the other part of the room. That just doesn't make sense either. And it's like, it's not like it was rec- uh, all of it was recorded beforehand because they come out at the end of it. So if they came out at the end of it for the finish, then why, why why'd you even do that? Um, I found, like you said, when you're watching these pre-recorded sets or like pre-segmented sets, it's good to have the comedy. When the first one happened was like, I was thinking about Ultimate Deletion. and I was like, oh man, I remember Ultimate Deletion when you get fireworks and shot fireworks two minutes later. They were shooting fireworks. So I was like, ha, ah, yeah, that's it. That's funny shit like that. They didn't have like any of that in this. It was little, like, small segment callbacks, like, calling and being yeah. the DJ here and there, but nothing. Like, you, rem-
3: you remember in WWE where they did the pre recorded Money in the Bank match? I mean, I think it was Baron Corbin. He killed two guys, he threw them off the roof of Titan Towers. So that was funny because he murdered somebody. <laughs> but, you know, we never really got a payoff for it, but there, there was none of that. This was just stupid. I'm sorry it was. I'm a big fan of all the guys involved, but this was not good.
1: And like you said, it could have been uh, Hager and Spears' as finish, and it was pretty shitty, but it could have been Hager and Wardlow. It really could have been worse.
3: (laughs) Shouldn't it have been everybody? shouldn't everybody been out there and there'd be like a gang war finish or even eliminations? There, there's a way you could do this differently yeah. that would have yeah. been more impactful. Like if they the did elimination eliminations...
1: Game been a way better system where last one standing wins. Yeah. yeah.
3: This
2: match what mean, as a main know, event was... It was really uh, signifying that AEW still is in the growing stages of how to produce a show. Um, I think that they felt they needed to put the Stampede match on the show just because they did it a year prior uh, It was in the wrong order I think that the blood and guts match should have been on this pay-per-view and the cinematic one when they didn't have a live audience Should have been on the last show um, the, I Really thought that they were gonna try and make it more serious given the nature of the feud between the pinnacle and the inner circle but it really wasn't, uh, you know, having all the different comedy spots. And it's, you know, Jericho having a, his back in the boardroom of the, of the football stadium and the club in the stadium was open, even though football season isn't even on the go. You know, it just didn't make any sense. Um, I didn't really care for it at all. Uh, I thought it was really stupid. Um, they really should have had the Blood and Guts match at Double or Nothing. Uh, and not the other way around. Um, and having the crowd sit for the first 25 or yeah. 30 minutes of the match, watching it on screens, not taking advantage of the fact they had a live crowd again as their main event, really stupid. Uh, yeah. Didn't care for it at all. I give it zero.
3: <laughs> I don't get I, I, I can't say it's zero. It, it had some fun elements. It had some good things, but it just it missed the mark. I know a lot of people that loved it. I, I've got friends online that are big wrestling fans. They loved the show last night, loved it from start to finish. Uh, I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it with this one, but whatever. it's each their own, right?
0: Yep. So overall, <laughs> guys, I'm going to say from a scale of one to five, what would you give the show? I'm going with a deuce for me. Uh how about you, Matt Madola? What would you give this show double or nothing?
1: Just because it's casinos, triple three, three three three,
0: three point three three. <laughs> right across the board. What about you, Mike yeah. Murray? What would you give it?
3: I didn't have any regrets. I, I, didn't, I didn't walk away saying, wow, I just wasted two and a half, three hours. I didn't have any anger, any of my normal feelings that I get from watching wrestling sometimes. I, I enjoyed myself, and I left it saying, yeah, I'll come back and watch another pay-per-view. And it made me excited to watch more of the weekly programming. So the fact that they did that job, which is very hard to do right now for me, who went from being a mega wrestling fan to a lapsed wrestling fan. So I'll give it a high mark.
2: I would say that there was enough on the show that I didn't not like. Uh, and, you know, things that were really standout matches that I thought were really good. I would probably give it, you know, a three out of five. A little above average, but nothing great.
0: Yeah. Fair
2: enough. So the next pay-per-view for AEW
0: is coming up on Labor Day weekend. And it's going to be all out yet again in Chicago or the Chicago area. Um, not sure what the main event is going to be that one quite yet, but hopefully it will be better than this one because, guys, this main event made me want to reach. <laughs> can't be worse. Chicago
1: shows are always good, so
3: <laughs> can't be worse. Uh, I hope
1: so. It's going to be in Chicago,
3: it's going to be in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. CM Punk confirmed. Yeah. CM Punk's going to be there. Call yeah. it now.
0: Sure, the <laughs> yearly, uh, him and Daniel Bryan are going to be in the main event, I believe. Start your rumors now. <laughs> Uh, nevertheless, fellas, I want to thank you guys for joining me for this AEW Double or Nothing review. Mike Burry, thank you for facilitating this as uh, our new little uh, platform we got going. I appreciate it. And for your very first appearance here on Wrestling Shed Live. Corey, I want to thank you for joining us yet again. I believe you just set a record by becoming the uh, only person other than myself to appear on every episode. So congratulations. Yeah.
1: yeah uh, Matt Medover, get along in the tube.
0: AEW. Thank you for joining us. I very uh, much appreciate your presence. You'll be back yet again. And I'm sure uh, all of our uh, viewers will be back yet again for another show, whenever that'll be, hopefully soon enough. But from uh, all you guys, this is Chad Everett, Wrestling Shed Live. Double or nothing review. Thank you and good night. Thanks, boys.